This is the Benefits Buzz Podcast, your weekly pulse on what's happening in the world of employee benefits. Brought to you by your friends at WEX, who believe in simplifying benefits for everyone. Now listen up, and let's get buzzed! Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Benefits Buzz. I'd like to introduce today's guests, Bree Berner and Hayden Gothy. Bree is a senior operational writer here at WEX, and Hayden's a senior content marketing strategy at WEX. Welcome, both of you. Great to have you on the show. Hey, Nathan, Jessica. How are you? I am doing better now. Thanks for asking, Hayden. Yeah, thanks for having us. So glad to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you. We're really excited to pick your brain, especially when it comes to kind of the jargon and challenges that surround benefit communication. I was actually reading a really cool study that shows that the average person spends more time thinking about and deciding what they're going to watch on Netflix than they do their annual enrollment process. So my first question for both of you is, why do you think employees are so uninterested in the benefits enrollment process? And and, and why is that just such a struggle for individual employees? Yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons. Um, one that comes to mind is, you know, lack of awareness or um, lack of communication and education from employers. Um, it may seem, the process may seem too complex for them. They may have had a past negative experience. Um, so like a negative experience along the lines of like technical issues, delays, poor support, things like that. And so then it may be discouraging for them. Um, but a big one, I'd say that I really want to mention is time constraints. You know, employees often have really busy schedules and they may feel like they have limited time um, to get dedicate to understanding and selecting their benefits. So that time constraint may lead to a lack of interest um, or engagement in the process. Um, so that's why it's really important for employers to make time for it in their employees' day um, and prioritize their availability. So that's one reason we have, um, we do have at WEX a virtual open enrollment fair or multiple fairs, depending on the plan. So there's a fair, um, a virtual one for FSA or HSA, for example, um, and employees can visit them um, when it's most convenient for them. So it's really about making the process easy and as painless as possible for employees. Yeah, and I would add to that too. I mean, those are all awesome points. You know, I think too some of it with with employees, and I, I've been in this position myself. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but like a lot of times you don't really think about your healthcare as much until you really need it. Like it's it's that safety net that once you need that coverage, then it's there for you. I mean, I'm can't, I'm sure I'm not the only one who like when they have a vision appointment coming up is like scrambling to find like where's my vision card, who's the provider, like, and um and I mean this is what we do for a living, so I'm sure a lot of other people are like that too. So I think that's a big part of it is just capturing their attention in that moment when they don't really need it so that it's there when they do. I can absolutely confirm that you are not alone in that regard, Hayden. I am in the same exact boat. Yep, I I would agree with that as well. Okay, so you mentioned one of, you know, a, a big barrier is is capturing their attention. So let's live in a world where we have the employee's attention. Um, so at that point, what are some of the main reasons that employees might not understand their benefits? Well, I think a big part of it is just the the naming of, 
of the plans too. You know, I remember on a podcast episode we did last year, you know, uh, one of our guests just talked about, um, you know, the IRS names for these plans. I mean, and a lot of the jargon that gets used just gets to be really confusing. And so I think when you have their attention, it's really important to just tie it back to things that really are meaningful to them. You know, the things people really care about, again, you know, their finances, their well-being, their family's well-being, and just making sure you're not losing sight of what those things are. It's more of like what a health savings account or a flexible spending account can do for you rather than those accounts doing X, Y, and Z. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you think about FSA, HSA, HRA, LFSA, I mean, we could go on. The list just keeps growing and growing and growing. So in specific, what kind of confusing benefits jargon should HR professionals really try to steer away from whenever possible? I think of terms like co-payment, co-insurance, deductible, out-of-pocket maximum, um, like pre-tax, pre-tax deductions, like Taxes can be really complex and confusing for many people. Um, and then like you guys were just talking about FSA, HSA, HRA. Yes, these are plans, but they're acronyms. And so we need to provide some context about what the acronyms stand for. So like in our knowledge base that we have, um, that I write for, my team writes for, um, and it's a resource to employees, we always, in every single article, if we're calling out an FSA, we're saying that it stands for flexible spending account. And then we're providing the context as to what that plan means, what it does for you, why, why you use it. Um, so for the other ones I mentioned, I'm not necessarily saying don't ever use them because they are important terms, but we should always provide that context um, so that it actually, we can get through to employees. It may seem like a barrier if they just see a term they don't understand, they don't have background on it, and then it's scary, daunting, like, I don't know what this is. It's scary, right? So we have to get through to them, um, meet them at their level of what their base level of understanding is. Excellent. So other than Hayden needing his information when he's headed to the eye doctor, um, what are some other really important reasons why why um, both our employees and then also the employers need to understand employee benefits? Yeah, I I, I know that we um, you know we did in a recent survey of of uh, employers. You know, we had cited that pay and benefits were a couple of the top reasons. You know, for why employees would consider leaving a job. So I think um, those are, you know, that type of compensation, I mean, are kind of together paying benefits in that way. So those are really, really important. And, um, you know, ultimately, if employees feel that, you know, their employer doesn't care about them and isn't providing them with the kind of benefits and healthcare support that they need, they're probably going to find some place that does. So that's a big piece of it. And uh, again, as you know, Jessica, as well as anybody, the great resignation endures today. It is definitely not over. And we saw more people quit their jobs in 2022 than 2021, even when, which was the year that it was coined. So that's a huge piece of it. So once you get past that too, there is really even more tangible interest for employers as well. I mean, there's legitimate tax savings for employers in putting money aside for their employees in an HSA, for example, rather than just paying it straight up within their paychecks. So there's pre-tax advantages there as well, in addition to like just being able to keep the really good employees that you have. You know, Bria, I really, it resonates with me that you said meet them uh, at their level. I've had conversations about benefits with relatives and tried to explain, 
hey, this is why you might benefit from a health savings plan or a health savings account, or this might be why you'd prefer to maybe go with a flexible spending account. But really, I guess the question that that raises in my mind is, is what can HR leaders and, and employers do to actually help their employees better understand these benefits? I'd say, kind of going back to what we've been talking about, like provide clear concise, easy to access information, all of those combined um, about the benefits that are offered. Use plain language, avoid that HR jargon um, as much as possible in those technical terms, because that, that can be confusing. And like I said, it may um, uh, cause like barriers um, and we wanna break free of those barriers. Um, and when it comes to open enrollment specifically, um, we have um, toolkits with guides, handouts, videos, um, and that can help employees prepare for open enrollment. And um, so that's for that specific time of year. Um, and then of course, like knowledge base articles um, can be really helpful too um, for that understanding because it's um, like a self-help experience. They can access it 24 seven um, on their own schedule, on their own time when it's convenient for them. And I think that's a big part of, of the learning is we don't want it to feel like a burden. We want it to be um, something that um, is easy for them. I love that. That's a perfect segue for, for my next question. Um, as Hayden alluded to, if if you're offering great benefits to your employees, it's it's not it's not going to have the return that you want if the employees don't understand the true value of that complete um, compensation package and in, inclusive of of benefits. So um, what are some ways that employers can make the enrollment process a little bit more enticing, both um, as a new hire, really driving home what that value is, and then also annually during our, our open enrollment? And if you want to go on the, the tangent of qualified life events, let's go there too, but we, we might run out of time for that. <laughs> I might let you do that, Jessica, if that's okay. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a couple of things that really stood out you know, stood out for me, I think would just be like, you know, again, Brie kind of mentioned this earlier when we were talking, but like making sure that that space and time is given within the employee's workday, you know, I mean, that's a huge piece of it, right? Like employees are probably gonna be more likely to attend those type of events if they don't feel like stepping away from their desk for half an hour or an hour or something is going to really like set them back in their workday. So I think that's really important, but you know, I think there are also employers out there too who provide incentives, whether it's like some sort of a contest or gift card giveaways or things like that, just to get them to to come and engage during the, the benefits enrollment opportunities that they have during open enrollment. I mean, that type of thing is probably less likely to happen if you're a new hire, but certainly during open enrollment, you know, thinking of ways to really get them there and, and incentivize them being there, I think would be really helpful. But Jessica, you might have some other ideas too, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, um equally as important for a new hire that you mentioned carving out time in the day because as a new hire you're coming into just a flood of information and and trying to figure out your role and getting through compliance training and all of the things so i definitely think there's an opportunity for for new hires in that time frame to to set aside 20 to, to 30 minutes just to at, at least get a an initial grasp on their benefits so nope nothing nothing to add there i i think you've you've got it right right on the nail there yeah, I have something to add on that one as far as making it more enticing. Um, I think it's important to 
explain how the benefits are part of their compensation package. I think sometimes employees don't look at it that way. So it may be a bit of a perspective shift, but looking at it that way can really get their attention and pique their interest. You know, I, I love that we're trying to find ways to make this more relatable. And, and I love the suggestion of making sure that we're providing time for employees to actually explore these options during their workday, maybe versus taking it home. But I'm, I'm hoping I can put both of you on the spot. We, we've talked about jargon. We've talked about how to make it connect. Do you have any firm examples that you can share with us where maybe this is the jargon way of saying something, but here's saying the same thing in a way that's far more relatable for our, our employees? Yeah, I think I think people stories help a lot. I mean, you know, actually providing anecdotal ways that someone is leveraging a benefit. And then, you know, I love saving scenarios, too, of just like you contribute thirty five hundred dollars in your HSA this year. This is how much money you're going to save by the end of it in pre-tax savings. You know, should you choose to spend it this way or the investment opportunities that you have based on just your annual rate of return on an investment like that type of thing could be really appealing if you were somebody who's thinking about that from a retirement standpoint. And then doing that same scenario for a flexible spending account can be really valuable as well. Um, but also making it feel achievable too. And I think, get, you know, when you start talking about thousands of dollars, those are really, really big numbers. So, you know, boiling it down to an area where I think you've, you know, much more achievable to look at it from paycheck to paycheck, throwing a few dollars here will get you this at the end of the year or get you this as you work toward retirement. I mean, I think those that makes it a little bit more easier to digest. It doesn't seem like such a big problem we're always trying to solve for. It just feels a little bit more, you know, smaller, achievable step by step. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Let me let me ask this, and it's just, again, purely from a curiosity perspective in, uh, in my seat. You know, we, we say terms like substantiation, which is, you know, a multi-syllable word that basically means give documentation or provide documentation. Where should we look to try to cater our message to maybe not use the technically correct word, but to, to use language that's going to be a little bit more accessible to, to employees? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, I think even the word documentation, you know, I, I can remember the first time I got hired, you know, you know, at Wax and started hearing that term thrown around, not even fully knowing what that meant. And again, as somebody who's a new employee, I can only imagine what somebody on the outside world from that world would think when they hear a term like that. Um, you know, I think any anything you can do to kind of ex expand on those type of things, again, receipts, you know, in the case of documentation, we'll use that as an example, like aren't always enough. So, you know, you really do have to provide that information of like, okay, this is what you need when we're talking about documentation, you need some sort of a receipt that's got these things listed on it or an explanation of benefits might be something that somebody's more apt to actually see that written down on a form, I think would be helpful. But it, it's tricky because they are, the IRS's terms for these things. So it is right. challenging for sure. Yeah, for substantiation specifically, like for me to remember what that means, I hear in my head proof of purchase. And I feel like that makes a little bit more sense. Um, but like Hayden said, you know, that is an IRS term of sub substantiation, but can we kind of sprinkle in proof of purchase when we're talking about substantiation, just to make it's almost like a translation, right? To just make that a little bit more relatable is what I try to do when I write content. Love it. Thank you for answering that. I know it's a, I, I'm catching you a little bit flat footed with that question, but I really do appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners do as well. Yes, definitely. A couple extra reminders never, never hurts. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, the communication cycle for for benefits information. Um, is it is it most important to um, to target those messages towards open enrollment, or is there something that employers can be doing year round to keep um, benefits top of mind? What what would you both recommend? I I would say a little bit of both. I mean, open enrollment is probably the best time of year for an employee to really make a significant impact on on their themselves and their families like healthcare and benefits decisions so i do think that there needs to be like a real point of emphasis to call attention to something like that but at the same time i think year-round communication is really important too um you know just to make sure that you know again you, you get those you get these terms you hear health savings account for a couple of weeks and then maybe you you know have put it aside and you haven't heard it again for a while so i do think it's important to have at least the opportunity to um, access information around those plans throughout the year. Yeah, from where I sit, you know, writing for the knowledge base, you know, I really look at year round constant um, information um, because it helps keep benefits top of mind for employees so that when open enrollment does approach, they don't feel as much of a sense of overwhelm or like this daunting feeling to consume all this information because they already have that, you know, basic understanding of it. And then, you know, throughout the year, there can be um, like regulation updates and market changes. Um, so just staying up to date throughout the year, um, I think is really helpful too. And then, you know, employees stay informed. Um, and then one other thing I thought of with this is, you know, different life events or changes happen. Um, so, you know, marriage, parenthood or retirement, things like that. Um, so having that information um, when they're going through those life stages um, and having that support um, can help them navigate those changes, too. Yeah, I mean, there are certain things like throughout the year that are always people are always going to need like, you know, for example, like our, our podcast producer, Danielle does an amazing job with the benefits blog. But like, if you look at like our benefits, you know, peaks during December, January, and you know, it kind of slide down again during the course of the year and then kind of comes back up again. So again, once open enrollment commonly for people at that time period, that's when we're seeing a peak. But at the same time, like if you look at like some of the evergreen content on our blog, for example, like one of the blog posts that throughout the year always gets engagement is your HSA when you change jobs, like what happens to it, right? Because people are changing jobs all year round, so they wanna know that kind of information. So I think, again, having that opportunity to access things when, when they need it is really important. You know, it seems like there's so many different times that we should be communicating with employees from open enrollment to throughout the year to any number of qualifying life events. But that really does beg the question, is there such a thing as too much benefits communication? Uh, yes, I would say, I think we all know there's such thing as information overload and that's no fun. Um, and I'd say this is really similar. So, you know, it can be overwhelming or seem like a burden for employees if there's too much communication. Um, so I suggest really focusing on providing information that's um, relevant to employees' needs and is also timely um, and avoid bombarding employees um, with any excessive information um, that can be kind of a turnoff if it's too much information right we want it to be um, consistent yet um, timely and relevant um, and then like we've been talking about really clear and concise um, is a great approach too um, and then another thing is you know 
I look, I think about like opting in or opting out of um, communications like we're able to, um, employees are able to do in the WEX benefits online account. They can update um, their notification preferences because some may prefer to get frequent updates and then some want more of a hands-off approach and don't want many updates. So um, having that um, flexibility um, and customizing their preferences um, can help prevent overwhelm too. Uh, it really does sound like we're kind of looking for the Goldilocks solution. Not too much of a thing, but just enough of a thing. I think you pretty much got it, yeah. Goldilocks. I love that that worked its way into the conversation. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for that, Nathan. <laughs> All right. Well, to to wrap us up, um, to to both Hayden and Bree, what other final parting thoughts can you share with us and share with the audience on um, effectively communicating benefits information? Yeah, I think, again, I, I think the most important thing is just to not lose sight of what really matters to your employees, which is, you know, their loved ones, their own health, their own finances, their retirement eventually, and and trying to communicate what your benefits and your health care really means for those things as often as you possibly can. And that, you know, that does really require taking it down another level from where, you know, you often get it from the IRS. But um, that is really important, I think, if you want to really hook hook them and hook their interest. Yeah, related to that, you know, keep it simple. Like a lot of this is really complex information. So keep it simple, break it down into bite size, you know, easy to digest pieces, remove the jargon as much as you can. Um, and, you know, have that consistent yet relevant communication. And the real life examples, like we've been talking about, I think is really helpful so that they can connect and relate to the information. Yes, definitely agree with the the real life examples. I don't know where I heard this, but it, it was in some sort of benefits educational, either materials or presentation, but um, the presenter or, um, talked about their their child falling off a bike. And if they break their arm, you know, what, how do these accounts help in that situation? And that stuck with me. I'm like, yep, I've got a couple small kids. We're not real great at riding our bikes like this. <laughs> This could be me. So just having those real life examples, I think really, really drives it home. Absolutely. Knock on wood, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'd knock on wood and here's the hoping that it doesn't. But if it does, let's make sure that you use your benefits. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bree and, and Hayden. We really appreciate you being guests today. And thank you, Jessica. You are the co-host with the most and it's always a pleasure to work with you. And again, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to Benefits Buzz and leave us a review. We'd also love to hear what topics you'd be interested in. Thank you much, everyone. Until next time. Wax is in the business of simplifying benefits for everyone. Now, although we certainly hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, like that was pretty cool, but of course we cannot provide legal investment or financial advice. And well, therefore, nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek out appropriate professional advice regarding your plans. Hey, congratulations. You made it through our disclaimer. <laughs> Thanks for listening.